this is episode 96. In this episode of All Hazards, a Cal OES legal eagle. The hiring partner, also professor, said that I was pleasantly relentless, which I've carried that uh, energy with me throughout my entire career. It gets things done. She's worked at four state entities, and now she appears to have found her professional home. Director Gilarducci is a world-class leader, and I feel so privileged to work in close proximity to him because I learn a lot from him every single day because it's bar none amazing. We'll take a look at disaster response and recovery through a completely different lens. What's required to meet the legal demands during both steady state and emergencies? How does a mother balance her home and professional lives, or is balance even a consideration? And what constitutes failure and success? The memory that will always live with me and on the teamwork and the effort and, you know, staying up till two o'clock in the morning here in the SOC trying to get it done. And that was a huge success in that moment for me personally and then I think collectively for, for the state and the governor. We sit down with Cal OES Chief Counsel Jennifer Bollinger right now. We're sitting here with Cal OES Chief Counsel Jennifer Bollinger here in the media room at the State Operations Center in Mather, California. Jennifer, thank you for joining me today. Thank I, you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. I've seen you around the halls. I've seen you in the offices here at Cal OES for quite some time. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? I don't know a lot about you. Uh, in fact, I know very little about you. But tell me a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. How's that? Sounds good. Okay. So let's start with my family because family is easy to talk about and yeah. I adore them deeply and love them so much. And I wouldn't be where I am today without their uh, foundation and support. I've been married for three and a half years and I have three sons. Wow. 19, 17, and one that just turned four. Wow. So it's a big spectrum yes. of age and the four-year-old keeps us on our toes constantly. <laughs> He's very feisty, a lot of energy, and I didn't realize I'd be running most of the time in public. That's got to be good <laughs> for hills. cardio, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but in hills nonetheless. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it takes talent to chase yes. after him. Yes, it does. I was born and raised in Sacramento. Really? Only child. Oh. <laughs> and I have um, the blessing of my parents giving me all their uh, attention and... Um, criticisms uh -huh. at the same time right yes. fully focused on me right so. right my daughter's the same way I, yes we've tried to keep her grounded but as an only child that can only go so far <laughs> <laughs> am i right there or not absolutely okay all right good tell us about how you came to cal oes sure so i found my way into the emergency management discipline by chance i attended mcgeorge school of law and between my second and third year of law school, I uh, was able to work for FEMA in their headquarters in DC. Hmm. So I moved out to DC for the summer. I had an amazing time, like any good intern. I had a very uh, busy social life. <laughs> mm. uh, but I, I learned about what emergency management was at that time. I didn't think it was going to be the career path for me in that in that particular space because I had it in my mind that I wanted to be in litigation and I needed to work at a private big law firm. And so I returned back to Sacramento 
my third year of law school, I took a class in civil pretrial litigation. The professor was the hiring manager of one of the largest regional firms in Sacramento. And I, through that class, I had to perform or, or do an exercise of a deposition. So I was you know, doing a mock deposition with another classmate. And at the end of the deposition, the hiring partner, also professor, said that I was pleasantly relentless and I should really think about a career in litigation, which was a huge compliment. Pleasantly relentless. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've carried that uh, energy with me throughout my entire career. It gets things done. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up working for this regional law firm right out of law school. And then I uh, spent about... I was I worked there for two years, uh, one year as a law clerk, if you will, and then one year as a practicing attorney. I didn't pass the bar the first time, and so this firm was gracious enough to keep me on while I studied again, and I passed the bar a second time. And the moment I found out I passed the bar, they had someone in my office swearing me in, and then my billable hour changed immediately. Oh, I bet it did. <laughs> and then I got sent out to court like two days later wow. so it was what, quick yeah what was that like the pressure uh, i heard waves oh, yeah. <laughs> like i i left the courtroom and I, i'm like i don't know what i said oh no <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i was successful good <laughs> yeah good so what was it what was it that suddenly changed your path sure so you know i ended up going i i so a year after um at the law firm i um entered state service worked at stirs purse and then went back into private practice. And then I got a call about an uh, opportunity here at Cal OES. And I was encouraged to compete for the position. And I did. And all of a sudden, it became very clear, my, my focus, that this was something that I loved to do. And I ended up getting hired as a senior counsel here. And I spent about four years here until I got promoted by Governor Newsom to chief counsel at Department of General Services. So then let me ask you this. What was it about um, taking that step then, going to DGS, and then somehow coming back here? It seemed like things just kept kind of pulling you back. This is an amazing place to work, and it's unique. And while it took me a while to figure out this is the discipline that I want to exist in and practice in, um, I'm here now, and I'm so excited to be here. It's, It's something... I, I will be here as long as everybody will have me. Right, and right. And my time at DGS was so wonderful, and I really enjoyed working there. And at the time I got appointed, I was ready for the next phase in my career in terms of of the level of um, responsibility. So The timing was right for you. Exactly. The yeah. timing was right. We still had a chief counsel here at Cal OES that his tenure here was unknown at the time, and he got promoted to the bench appointed to the bench I should say and then this the position became available here and I expressed an interest and I'm back and here you are well I'm happy to say that we are happy to have you as chief counsel I mean your predecessor we're talking about Alex Powell yes uh he was uh, the subject of one of our podcasts a while back and so now you can tell him I was on all hazards too buddy (laughs) I will (laughs) please do (laughs) so um, you said that Cal OES is amazing. A lot of people have their own reasons for why they love working here. I have my own reasons. You have yours, apparently. 
What was it about Cal OES and the mission of this particular agency that just put a smile on your face just now? So I've worked for four state entities at this point in my career, all of which provide extremely meaningful and significant services for individuals in the state. Um, however, Cal OES is hands down the most exciting, fast-paced, dynamic state agency I have ever worked. Mm. And even for any position I've ever held, it's okay. the most exciting, fast-paced position, hands down. And that fast pace comes from quite often when we're activated, right? Correct. And even in the steady state, there's still we're still trying to push forward the mission. We're still preparing for the next event. Um, and so there's always always the energy and drive to keep pushing forward and achieving and producing good work. So you're never bored. No, and this gig isn't for everybody. Um, but if it's 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 for someone who wants to be in the thick of advising um, in the moment on some of the most consequential decisions leadership has to make because it's about protecting Californians from all hazards. Right, and that's that's exciting. It's it's challenging, and with that, one has to have confidence in their legal abilities, their research, and the advice that they're providing to leaders because decisions are going to get made on that, that advice. So how does someone such as yourself or anyone who's coming into this office, how would they prepare their, their knowledge base in order to give the right kind of legal advice. I mean, that just doesn't come to you. It's not something you learn in law school, is it? Absolutely not. But there's a skill set that's learned in law school. And for a successful legal office here at Cal OES, it takes all kinds of skill sets, all different perspectives to make an office whole. But the common denominator among the legal team here is excellent research, the ability to turn product quickly and have it be sound and the confidence to help the leadership make decisions in a timely manner. I understand that, uh, like you said, the consequence of the advice that you give is wide ranging. If you think about the impacts that the types of decisions that have to be made here by leadership, it, it can go all the way up to the top. Correct. And then from that point, it rolls all the way down to the individual who is being affected by whatever the situation, right? It's not just emergencies or disasters, I would assume. It's maybe different directorates in, in this, or, or explain to me. Absolutely, so the Cal OES has several different directorates. I, in interview panels, I tell the applicants the issues here are as wide as they are deep because we serve Homeland Security Directorate Public Safety Communications, which is responsible for the PSAPs and the 911 calls, uh, response and recovery, grants management, which has billions of dollars uh, managed through that directorate. So it, it's just not about emergencies. It's about planning, preparing, making sure the infrastructure is in place to respond to emergencies, and then having our mission fulfilled. And then that changes too. All the guidance that you give is based on something. And, and from 
uh, year to year, maybe from administration to administration, certain things change. So you have to stay on top of that as you would with any other legal specialty. Absolutely. The governing body of law for Cal OES is the Emergency Services Act, which it's a unique act in the sense that it it empowers the governor to uh, waive certain laws and statutes and issues orders in times of emergency. So that's significant in the sense that it helps remove roadblocks for response and recovery. So that's what we're rooted in on a regular basis, and that's what we consult, those the ESA, Emergency Services Act, and the corresponding regulations. And then, of course, if issues fall outside the ESA, then we have to apply our research skills and find out what those authorities are and advise accordingly. Now, you don't do all of your own research, right? You, do you have paralegals? Do you have assistants, interns who help with this? Or is it just you and your, your, your staff? We'll get to our answer to that question in just a moment and find out about the growth her office has seen and really why it's happened. Also on the way, leadership that breaks the governmental mold and how this chief counsel makes opportunity for learning and advancement a priority, not just for her, but for her team. Cal OES is hands down the most exciting, fast-paced, dynamic state agency I have ever worked. Director Gilarducci is a world-class leader, and I feel so privileged to work in close proximity to him because I learn a lot from him every single day. Plus, how long hours and pressure led to a very rewarding finale. The memory that will always live with me and on the teamwork and the effort and you know, staying up till two o'clock in the morning here in the sock, trying to get it done. And that was a huge success in that moment for me personally, and then I think collectively for, for the state and the governor. So let's not waste any time and get back to our conversation with Cal OES Chief Counsel Jennifer Bollinger. Now you don't do all of your own research, right? You, do you have paralegals? Do you have assistants, interns who help with this? Or is it just you and your, your, your staff? We have 10 attorneys, okay, uh, which includes me and two assistant chief counsel. So it's seven staff attorneys, which range from senior counsel to uh, counsel, two vacancies right now. So we are impacted with work and mm. we are looking for the next candidate to fill those positions. Wow, there you go. Yes. So are they all based in the same building here? The answer is no, but we're okay. the legal team is in building D E F Z one of those one it, oh, down the street <laughs> and around the corner there you go. yeah <laughs> but, but, but we're together okay. and we, they work on a, a hybrid telework basis i'm in the office here in headquarters almost every day sometimes i work from home depending upon everybody's schedule right there has got to be some particular times when daily life is either a little more relaxed or a little more pressed right now under blue skies. When I say blue skies, basically I mean we were not activated other than with COVID, which has been the longest activation this agency has ever seen. Mm -hmm. Blue skies, it seems like this would be the time to kind of get caught up on things. Is that the case? Or are you still pedal to the metal, hauling butt down the freeway, trying to get things done? Always. Always. It's just my nature. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, we're in steady state at the moment. There is an active emergency, the most right. recent being Oak Fire, where the governor proclaimed. But for the most part, we are in what we call steady state. And that's an opportunity, like you said, for us to get caught up, and but also return to some of the projects that help build that infrastructure and push us forward as a 
as right. an office. Right. Are your your staff members, your attorneys, are they are they all assigned sort of a specific beat, if you will, like to use a journalism term? <laughs> uh, they've got a beat. How, how do you divvy up the projects? So the team is divided into two groups. There's a group reporting to one ACC and a group is reporting to another ACC. One of the ACC's discipline is focused on human resources, administrative type functions, finance and accounting, contracting, Mm -hmm. those type of disciplines. The other ACC is focused on the more emergency management related directorate, so response and recovery. And within each of those units, the attorneys are assigned as a primary lead for each of those directorates in their portfolio. So before you became chief counsel, what was your primary focus? All of it. All we, of we had a much smaller office when oh. I started in April of 2016. Okay. So it was the all hands on deck mm. on everything that came through. A lot of growth since then. Significant growth, but yeah. so is the department. I, I don't have the numbers at the tip of my fingers, but I know it's been a significant growth over the last several years because it's it's been warranted based upon the level and intensity of the emergencies the state has seen. So when are you pressed? Not necessarily you specifically, but the office. Probably when I'm at home and my four-year-old's at oh, home with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when it's most difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> because it's it's dividing my attention between, you know, the priority of the moment. And it was tough at moments when when I'm trying to maintain a professional persona on a team's meeting and I have my four-year-old that is literally dragging my rollaway chair out of like screenshot because he wants something. In terms of the team, I would say the expectation from me and from our leadership is that we are always trying to move things forward, no matter whether it's an emergency or in steady state. So the expectation to perform timely and consistently and quickly is, is always there. I think some people have the idea that if you're an attorney, that you do spend some time in a courtroom. You guys ever find yourself in a courtroom or maybe in front of the legislature or any other unique situation outside of the office? So state attorneys are not allowed to appear in superior court. Uh, Only the attorney general's office attorneys are allowed to, and that's by statute. Gotcha. The state attorneys are allowed to uh, handle administrative hearings. So the team will often appear before the state personnel board, and we've handled matters that involve FEMA as well. I had a feeling there was something really interesting there, so I'm learning something, and I, and I hope the listeners are too. What is the biggest challenge then uh, as chief legal counsel that, that you face, besides the, the four-year-old pulling at your, <laughs> at your pant leg while you're trying to do a Teams or a Zoom? Interestingly enough, I think the biggest challenge that I face is my own self-talk about my performance. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure I'm meeting the expectations and objectives of leadership. It's important to me and it's how I will deem myself successful if I achieve that goal. Upon departure from DGS, I received a note from uh, my former agency counsel wishing me the best of luck in my new position. And a note describing some of my great qualities as a lawyer and a chief Mm. counsel. And I realized at that time that I need to be kinder to myself when when performing my job because people see me in a different light than Uh. I sometimes see myself. And that's that's the biggest challenge. You're hard on yourself? Oh, very much so. Yeah. 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 
So the littlest thing that, that you may deem as being a significant, I'm not going to say failure, but a, but a significant thing that you weren't happy about that maybe someone else saw is maybe not such a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that comes also with the understanding and appreciation of how high profile my position is mm-hmm. and the kind of work that we do and how meaningful it is. And, and that, as you noted earlier in our conversation, the advice doesn't only just go up to the top, it also trickles down to people in, in our communities. And so I take that responsibility extremely seriously and I, and I want to do the best I can. And that's why I wake up every day and bring my best self and do the best job that I possibly can. And I also try to have fun while doing it, too. Yeah. Well, good. And I assume as the, the new leadership in that office that you want to make sure everybody else follows your example. Absolutely. I make a point to uh, brief out in our team meetings about what is discussed in the executive staff meetings. So they have a understanding of what the leadership's priorities are and the tone from the top from that matter. Director right. Gilarducci is a world-class leader and I feel so privileged to work in close proximity to him because I learn a lot from him every single day. And I wanna make sure my team has the benefit of his leadership and Chief Deputy Tina Curry and Chief Deputy Lisa Mangetz leadership as well, because it's bar none amazing. You were talking earlier a little bit about how your four-year-old is uh, one of your challenges, <laughs> but how do you balance that? This job, your job, is very demanding, and you've got a relatively new family that you are now trying to cultivate and build the relationship there how in the world do you balance those two i don't look at life versus work as a balance okay because that suggests compartmentalization i look at it more of in a continuum because i'm always available to work and and life and my family all at the same time they blend together quite a bit blend together they're just parts of me that make up a whole So given that I'm in emergency management, both are always present and very intensity and time and needed attention. So it's never one's being shelved for the other. It's just, it's blended. And I think that a great example of that is the um, recent Oak Fire proclamation. I was at a, it was a Saturday, I believe, maybe Sunday, but I think it was Saturday when it came time for me to finalize the draft state of emergency to send to the governor's office for vetting and i was at a family and friend barbecue Mm. so i just excused myself i set up my mobile office Mm -hmm. which is really boils down to hotspot and laptop exactly (laughs) i like mobile office (laughs) it sounds very it does right (laughs) and a a charger glamorous the life you lead i did my thing i got it done shipped it off i was available for questions when they came up and then i returned to my family and friends and socialized again. So it's never one or the other, it's just. Right, so, but a lot of that comes down to attitude. And this is what I'm trying to impart on my daughter who just graduated from Del Oro. I've been trying to teach her that a lot of your successes in life come from having a positive attitude. And that's what I see in you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. When you're at a situation like that and it's a Saturday, it's your time off, It's with family, friends, and you're 
you're grilling, it's at a barbecue, and now you've got a breakaway and you've got to go back to work, even if it is, you know, in a different room. Seems to me like attitude is is what allows you to to do that uh, and do it well, because if you had a bad attitude, you wouldn't want to do it. And then things fall through the cracks. A hundred percent. Well, first, I understand this job and mm-hmm. I want to be here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do everything I can to stay here. Yeah. And that's an attitude. And like I've discussed already, I want to meet the objectives and achieve the goals. And that's part of who I am as a person and a professional. And that's the way I approach life and work. It's on a continuum yeah. and a positive attitude. Positive attitude is so important. And I think it's underrated in a lot of ways in every aspect of life. If you're sick, you're in the hospital, positive attitude may mean the difference between you surviving that illness or not. Positive attitude goes a long way. So all of us who have reached a certain level and have been around long enough, we've had successes, we've had failures. What are some of the mistakes that that you've made over the years that when you look back on, you realized you've learned from that? Well, I've certainly made mistakes throughout my career. As you know, everybody has. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One that comes to mind is when I was working from home during COVID and we were all on Teams meeting constantly. Well, I get up and I go to the kitchen and I grab a mug and I pour myself a cup of coffee and I sit down. We'll hear what this failure of hers is all about in just a moment. And I use failure in air quotes. But here's a hint. We all need a little cup of caffeine to get the morning going, don't we? Also coming up, wildfires, earthquakes, and the pandemic, and so much more. Responding to disasters and helping survivors can be very rewarding. But is there the same satisfaction for the legal team? Listen to this. The memory that will always live with me and on the teamwork and the effort and, you know, staying up till two o'clock in the morning here in the SOC, trying to get it done. And that was a huge success in that moment for me personally and then I think collectively for for the state and the governor. So the answer to my question is yes. Let's wrap up our chat with Jennifer Bollinger. <laughs> One that comes to mind is when I was working from home during COVID and we were all on Teams meeting constantly. Well, I get up and I go to the kitchen and I grab a mug and I pour myself a cup of coffee and I sit down, log into the Teams meeting It starts, I raise my cup of coffee, I take a sip, and as I see it in the the video, my boss says, what's that on your mug? And (laughs) at that moment in time, I realized I grabbed a very inappropriate mug (laughs) (laughs) for for, uh, a Teams meeting at work. And- So um, Jennifer, you're gonna have to tell us what a mug said. Maybe another time. Okay, maybe another time. <laughs> but it was, you know, in that I'm human. Yeah. It ended up being not a big deal. But the lesson from that is even though we're at home, we feel comfortable, we're still conducting business in our homes. And uh, 
just be aware. But everybody, I feel like everybody's had that sort of gaffe. We've all seen it. It's And it usually goes viral. Luckily, yours hasn't gone viral. Thank God no one was recording, right? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, people laughed and it ended up not being a big deal. Yeah, and yeah. It's a story to tell now. Yeah, yeah. And then I told my husband that he had to get rid of all of his inappropriate mugs. <laughs> and he's like, how is this my fault? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is. <laughs> it's there. You know, especially if it's an early morning Zoom call or a Teams call. Yes. You know, you're not quite with it yet. You might not have had enough caffeine. Well, I hadn't had any. And oh. that was why I wasn't paying attention to the mug. I was desperate for the coffee. Counsel, that was your argument. Yes. That was your defense. <laughs> Lack of caffeine. <laughs> Would that hold up in court? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So tell me about then one of your key successes. Uh, it seems to me like having been here four years at Cal OES, you've got to have at least one or two. Yes, absolutely. And I, some of the, the work that I've performed here has led me to the different positions and ultimately this position that I am in now. Mm -hmm. One success or successes that I um, enjoy and like to think about is when I bring levity to the job, particularly when I make the boss smile. Obviously, it's at the appropriate time and, you know, right. the timing's right and yeah. um, cracking joke or, yeah. you know, make, le making leadership laugh. That That's a success to me because what we do is um, so intense sometimes and having that that ability to either poke fun at myself or, you know, find something funny in the situation, it mm -hmm. it makes it fun. I'm with you on that. You know, when you're in a stressful job, a sense of humor, again, that goes back to, that goes back to attitude. If you can bring a little laugh or a smile to someone's face in a moment when everybody is so stressed and tense, that goes a long way to helping out the situation, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I think we have a, a on the whole, I think the people who work here have a good, positive attitude. Yeah. And that's why... Um, it's so magical sometimes to, to, to be here dating back to 2016 when Alex Powell was here and we were colleagues and then he ultimately became uh, my boss and the former chief counsel prior to Alex there, there was just magic mm -hmm. among us because we got along so well, we worked hard together and it's, it's just so rare that you find that dynamic, but it's not so rare here because of the quality of people who believe in the mission and have the right attitude. Alex posted a really funny video a couple of years ago with him in a minivan. Did you see that video? <laughs> he loves that minivan. That is hilarious. I was dying. That was so funny. But that's 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 the thing. You gotta have you gotta have a sense of humor. Yeah. One of the key success I really believe led to my my first appointment by Governor Newsom to the Department of General Services was the opportunity to work on an extremely uh, significant COVID contract where mm. it brought uh, N95s and surgical masks to California at a time when the market was um, locked down, if you will. I couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. Yeah. And that that opportunity to work on that contract was career changing for me. And, really? and it was done in a time compressed situation. The stakes were high and, and the outcome was so impactful to California. So 
and plus I you know the memories I, I was able to, in that moment when I was working on that with Alex and other leadership within the state um I was able to believe it or not take a moment to appreciate where I was and and the memory that will always live with me and on the teamwork and the effort and you know staying up till two o'clock in the morning here in the sock trying to yeah. get it done and um that was one that was a huge success in that moment for me personally and then I think collectively for for the state and the governor someone who doesn't understand your line of work would go contracts that sounds tedious and boring to me but you say it was one of the most profound moments absolutely yes well you know any entity it's like a nexus of contracts I that's um they're important and they're and yeah. they're um significant and so besides they provide services to besides to the memories what was it about that experience and what was it the end result that that allowed you to look back on it so fondly yes because if it <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't productive then i wouldn't be so happy about it mm-hmm. it ended up it ended up producing um it was a successful contract which ended up furnishing in 95s for California. Yeah. Millions of them. Yes. Right? Tens of millions. Yes. I think I saw them in the warehouse when they arrived. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, that, that's, that's fantastic. Um, you were talking about um, some open spots and you were talking about um, your staff. What would you tell somebody who is considering maybe Cal OES as, as their next position in their legal career? When I am interviewing applicants, it's not one trait that that I look for. It's it takes all skill sets and legal backgrounds to make a legal office whole and productive. That said, when an attorney is hungry to earn a leadership role in the state, or even better, wants my job, mm-hmm. I get really excited. Really, because it, it it's it shows me that they're hungry and driven, and they want to achieve and. With that will come the mindset of um, being open to taking on more responsibility and doing stretch assignments and wanting to grow. And it's something that I want to do for lawyers as well is help them grow because I certainly wasn't locked away in an office with my head down um, doing work. I was given the opportunity to take on responsibility and um, make my skill sets and and work product known. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, that's commendable that you're not afraid of hiring someone who wants your job. Not at all. I, I'm I'm confident in who I am and what I have to offer. But it, it, like I said, it's the people who are hungry are excited about where they are. That now that's not to say that people who don't want to achieve the chief counsel roles and they're happy in the senior counsel roles or just a staff count or a staff counsel, I. Those, those people are needed as well in our office mm-hmm. because it, it takes all kinds. And um, some, of, some of the greatest lawyers that I have worked with in state service don't want that chief role. And it's a shame because they would be incredible, but they're quite happy where they are in the position. And I certainly welcome those yeah. individuals yeah, as you, well. You're all one team. One team, one fight. I've heard that before. I'm not sure where. <laughs> Let me think about that one. Even though we have a small staff right now and with vacancies, we're small but mighty. Mm. And the 
the expertise that each individual has brought to their position is respected and needed. And I am so grateful that we have such quality people working in our legal office. And you have a very unique office from what I hear. <laughs> Am I right about that? I haven't seen it, but uh, since you, I, I saw it when Alex lived there, but I haven't seen it since you moved in. Tell me about this. What are you, you weightlifting in there? Is that what it is? <laughs> so when I moved in, I had some furniture moved out and rearranged it. And uh -huh. I, I have worked out a total of once. Oh, I've been in the job almost three months now, <laughs> and 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 my when I say worked out air quotes uh -huh. that was by proxy, and it was me telling my husband where to place the weights in the workout. Bench. Oh, so he helped you move in. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Good. So I didn't really like do the lifting. He yeah. Did. Yeah. But I did the mental lifting. Okay. All right. Where I wanted said, it. This placed. goes over there. Yes. Let me think about that. Okay, that goes. Nope, that'll look better. Honey, would you move that over here a little bit? Nope, nope, nope. Right there. Okay, good. Right there. So the, the delicious Mediterranean <laughs> salad from a restaurant down the way from headquarters wins out okay. every single time. Okay. All right. Versus well, working out. Yeah. So is uh, do you just put your jacket on the, the weight bench now or what, what do you... <laughs> <laughs> it it's become a great point of uh, discussion for yeah. about just about everybody. Okay. Um, and I put... I put my work my work bags on there, so okay. at least my purse doesn't have to hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also remains a point of contention between my husband and I because he's like, you know, you don't even use it. You need to bring it back, and I can I could use uh -huh. it and work out. But I'm convinced he's in the same level of state of denial than mm, I am because mm -hmm. it it was gathering dust before we even moved it to the office. Yeah. At least it's being, you know, kind of maintained. Yeah. What about a clean? treadmill? Would you have room for a treadmill or a stair in, stepper in my office? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> we have a we have a spin bike at home, and I, I just started using that. Okay. Is that okay? But I work out. I you know I walk and yeah. uh, lift weights with a trainer and oh, good. do the spin. So it's just not. I haven't uh, yeah. quite mentally entered the zone of working out in my yeah. office. Yeah. Oh, you know I have an idea. What about a heavy bag, a punching bag, <laughs> so you can take out frustrations. You wouldn't need to have weights, but it would allow you to relieve whatever stress may be affecting you at that particular point in time. My luck, it would probably swing back and like knock me oh, over. Oh, yeah, we can't have that. I've got to see this. I mean, I heard about it, but I'm going to have to check it out. That's pretty cool. So I was going to ask you then, what kind of music do you listen to when you work out? But if you're not working out. But I do. At, like, just not, not at work. Not at work. Okay. All right. So what kind so of music? So do you still want to know yeah, my music? Yeah, I want to know. Yeah. What what gets you pumped? A little bit of country, a okay. little bit of rock and roll. Okay. And oh, at rap. the risk of being judged, rap. a lot of Britney Spears. Get out. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> well, you know, I was in high school in the mid to late 90s. Okay. And... Wow. I would not have guessed that. That's true, though. Yep. Yep. Okay. So now I feel a lot older. <laughs> than I did about five minutes ago, and I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of a lot of uh, judgment. That's okay though. You know, she's got a new album coming out or a new tour or something. I heard oh, just I, recently. I, ha I haven't been tracking yeah. that. All my Apple Music is, yeah. um, you know, stuck in a certain decade, yeah. and then I tapped into my husband's, which 
you know, is, is he's con- he's stuck in a certain decade. Oh, yes. Is, is he know. a country guy or a rock guy? He's or rock and rock roll. And rock, rock yeah. and roll. He okay. loves the Stones. Oh, yeah. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I love him, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, sounds good. Yeah, I could see working out to, to Britney. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say rap. I thought you were going to say rap. Like old school rap, maybe. LL Cool J or something. <laughs> Thanks for having me today. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been I, fun. Thanks for joining me, and um, we'll see you next time. The next time that uh, emergencies may bring us together. See you next time. All right. <laughs> Isn't she great? My thanks again to Jennifer Bollinger, Chief Counsel here at Cal OES, for letting me introduce herself to you. And like she said, as of this recording, there are positions open in her office. So if you're interested, check out the link in the notes section of this podcast. Time is of the essence. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to All Hazards wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions or comments, recommendations, anything at all, send them to me at media at caloes.ca.gov. For everyone here at Cal OES in the Office of Public Information, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.